This is Lincoln A to Z. Lincoln A to Z. Lincoln A to Z. We've chosen 52 squares at random from the Lincoln A to Z street map. E and And now we have to go to all 52 and make a program about each and every one. Lincoln A to Lincoln Z. Lincoln A to Z. Each week we'll be setting off on our trusty bikes to find a different grid. Lincoln A to Z. We could find ourselves in a leafy residential area, a bustling city street, or a completely empty field. We'll present our findings every week here on Siren FM as we uncover Lincoln one grid at a time. Lincoln A to Z. 52 grids, two men, one map, no clue. No clue indeed. Hey, this is Lincoln uh, A to Z on the, well, let's say it, award-winning Siren FM. Uh, that's right, today is Siren FM, your local community station, Lincoln's first community station, I think you'll find, uh, has won an award, and we, we're absolutely pleased this punch. Couldn't be more excited. Um, uh, the judges called Siren FM a really ambitious and creatively interesting station. Uh, they're doing something different, but in their own way, and I tell you what, that is exactly what Lincoln A to Z is doing. Uh, I'm Paul Tyler, by the way, hello. And the other side of the desk is Johnny Hoare. Hello there. And the grid. The grid that we're going to have to crack all that talk. We've got a grid to look at, Johnny. Johnny, which grid is it? Hello, my name is Gav, and uh, I work on the Gav Roberts Show on Siren FM, and I've lived in Lincoln for about 15 years. Uh, I like Lincoln because there isn't any hairy spiders. I want that one. There. Horrifically pink. Uh, is that P9 or... Right, that means you need to get another one out of here, Gav. This takes us into the city centre, so I will have that one there. That's a DB5. Lincoln A to Z on Siren FM. DB5. You're listening to Lincoln A to Z, which is an overly convoluted idea for a radio programme that sees Johnny and I investigating 52 randomly selected grids from the Lincoln A to Z map for no other reason than it's there and it's better than watching EastEnders. So, Johnny, tell me what's inside our DB5 grid. Okay, DB5 is one of our little city centre grids in the little inset in the middle of the map, and it's really dominated by Pelham Bridge. That's it. It's all about Pelham Bridge, I would say. And uh, let's, let's drop a, a trail in for later on in the programme, because um, later on in the programme we're going to be playing a recording uh, of uh, local musician Michael Reeve uh, that we recorded underneath Pelham Bridge. Uh, it's really something quite special, coming up just after 10 o'clock, so please make sure you stay tuned for that. We're very excited by it. OK, uh, if you know anything about this or any of our other 51 grids, then email us, lincolnatoz at sirenonline.co.uk. And you can find us on the Facebook, and of course, we're on Twitter. Hashtag LincolnAtoZ. And you can find out where we're going, where we've been, and comment on our website. LincolnAtoZ.co.uk. So the very foundation of Lincoln A to Z is the idea that Johnny and I go to each of our randomly selected grids, tell you what we see there, and discover something new. Okay, so the uh, the email through from uh, the programme's producer, Johnny Hoare, to uh, the presenter, Paul Tyler, hello, uh, read, uh, I'll meet you by the Queen's plaque uh, just after 7.30, uh, to which I replied uh, to the producer, um, Queen's plaque, what, where's that? I've no idea where that is. Uh, his reply said, all right, I, I'll give you a landmark, you'll know, it's next to the pub. 
Um, <laughs> what, what's that pub called over there? I think it's now called, for years and years, it was called Sippers, which I quite like as a, as a name. Uh, but I think it's actually now called the Pelham Bridge. Uh, but th- this is, uh, again, one thing, should we need to reiterate why, why Lincoln A to Z's idea <laughs> works so well? When people tell me that's a good idea, uh, they're not just being nice, because um, stopping by somewhere I've travelled uh, hundreds, if not thousands of times, uh, as, will, uh, as will most residents of Lincoln, I didn't even know there was a plaque uh, by the Queen. I didn't even know this this bridge was opened by the Queen. Certainly not on the 27th of June 1958. Um, Pelham Bridge is a, is a mucky-looking um, eyesore, really. Um, but as we've come to know, there are there are places building structures in Lincoln um, that don't look very pretty, uh, but are immensely useful. Uh, and this, of course, whizzes us over uh, the train tracks, the high street. Um, over to the south part of the city. Um, it occasionally gets clogged up, uh, but you know what, Lincoln, until you get to, I don't know, Nottingham or London uh, or Birmingham maybe, you've still not seen traffic, okay? You know, no matter how much you can complain about the traffic in Lincoln and, yeah, we've got a train track running right through the middle of it, but you still don't know traffic. Well, it's, it's interesting that you mentioned the train track, because, of course, that's the whole reason for the existence of this bridge. Lincoln, for decades, um, had this issue with train tracks going over the high street. There used to be two, of course. There used to be the one down at St Mark's and the existing one uh, at uh, Central Station. And so this bridge was built to solve that problem once and for all, completely solve it. Everyone could stop moaning about it. And it opened back in 1958, and people are still moaning about the railways for crossings. You know, OK, I know if you're a pedestrian, it's still a problem. You've, you've got to stand and wait. But why are drivers still moaning about it? There's a massive great bridge here. Use the bridge. Uh, yeah, good point. It is a good point. Um, but even as pedestrians, you know, you see those people going to those train crossings in town. They're walking up and they're looking and they're looking at their watches and they're having to wait five minutes, you know. Uh, you know you live here. <laughs> Leave five minutes earlier. One thing I'm, I'm quite surprised about standing here on, around the back of the monument is that uh, it apparently won a Civic Trust Award in 1960. Now, as, as I was standing away for you, I, I googled the Civic Trust and they're, apparently their uh, their awards are supposed to award or reward things that make public spaces better. Now, I, I don't know. I mean, certainly on a, a visual aspect, I don't think you could say this makes life better. I mean, it's pretty hideous, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it is. However, in 1960, let's think about this, when we went to the police station, etc., concrete was all the rage. Everyone was looking, loving to build things out of concrete and display the concrete, not cover it up in any way, shape or form. Uh, hey, get a load of our concrete. However, I mean, it needs, i tell you what it needs, it needs a good jet wash. It does. I mean, they made some effort. You can see as we stood at the, the end of the, the bridge here, there's bits of green space around it. There's a few trees and stuff. Um, there used to be another building just across the road from us here, which the, the newspaper company LSG were in. And it kind of curved around the front and followed the, the road, so it kind of looked like it was meant to be there. Uh, that got knocked down a few years ago and is now a, a car park. Beyond that, there's the Grand Hotel, which uh, got knocked down and is now a car park. There's a theme here, isn't there? Um, and so it all looks a bit kind of desolate and, you know, not very nice at the moment. It's, it's awaiting the Linden Gate project, I think, is what's supposed to be happening. There's going to be this big shopping thing built here and around where the current bus station is. Um, but, you know, in the current economic climate, we could be waiting a little time for that. What I'll try and like to do on, uh, as we come around these grids is, is, is appreciate things for what they are. Heaven, heaven knows I've tried very hard with the police station. Um, and uh, looking at it from where we are now, walking, uh, walking southwards, <laughs> I'm still struggling. <laughs> it's, um, it's, I don't know, I think it's probably the, the colour, maybe, just maybe, uh, a lick of paint or two. 
uh, and a bit of a wash off. Um, uh, and this we could we could spruce this up, this baby right up. I, I, I think I've used the phrase you can't polish a turd before <laughs> and I'm going to use it again uh, because I think it's, it's apt. The other thing of course with this bridge is that there was stuff here before it was built. There was a whole neighbourhood around here. There were rows of houses, there were shops, hotels. There was um, a whole, whole area of Lincoln that was flattened entirely to build this. So I don't know, it's, it's a shame when you see old photos of how nice it all used to look. Now, apart from Pelham Bridge, the other thing that dominates our DB5 grid is Siemens. Uh, but they're the big employer in town. Um, and if, if something were to ever happen to this, uh, this employment, it's fantastic that they keep investing in the city. Uh, and uh, new, the new Teal Park site, uh, which is down on the south near the, uh, the bypass, the new road. Uh, and it's great that they're showing that kind of confidence and that kind of investment in the city. Uh, because the, the knock-on effect um, from any departure from Siemens or turn down in work... Uh, would, would be absolutely huge to the uh, subcontracting uh, companies, uh, similar to where I work, uh, even to the people who feed these people with the sausage butties and things that keep uh, welders and industry going. It, it can't be underestimated, uh, the value of Siemens uh, to this city. There, aren't, there is no other uh, major employer that I can think of. Maybe, yeah, maybe Anglian Water that we, that, that we looked at, they've got a, a big place in the Titanic Works, but nothing else screams out and says that they're a, a big employer and so important to the city. That's true, they're hugely important and it's, it's kind of the, the last evidence of Lincoln's past really because Lincoln used to have a number of these huge companies with massive great works and yeah, Siemens is really the last one isn't it? There's, there's, there's no other big, big employer and as you say, if they ever did decide to go, and I, I think they're German owned now, is that right? Um, if they ever did decide to leave, it would be pretty catastrophic so it's, it's great that they're here, it's also a bit worrying that we have so many of our eggs in one basket and like, I, I agree with you, I think we need more big employers in the city. We need to do something to, to attract, you know, some big internet startups or something like that, you know, to try and safeguard our future. So there we go, trust you, Johnny, to, uh, to think of a job, an internet startup one way, basically one way you can sit down and not do any manual labour, isn't it? That's what you're thinking. That's my kind of job, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah as we know. Um, so I, that's quite, a, we touched on this before, I think, certainly about big employers, and, and you and I would both love to have further employers in there. And uh, I, it swings me back to an argument I had on Twitter, which are, uh, it's, it's never big argument on Twitter, is it? it's pointless, it gets you nowhere. However, sometimes it does happen. And I think it was with uh, at Lincoln Easter, and uh, we were talking about the wages in Lincoln, and, and I have this idea where, <laughs> it's idealistic, I know, but that's, that's just the way I am, in that if we increased our wages, if we said that, you know, the people of Lincoln deserve more money and they increased the wages around here, I think that would... I honestly believe that would attract bigger employers because they would take us more seriously. Um, it's not a widely regarded view, but it's, 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 <laughs> it's a view, and I'm sticking by it. Well, as, as you know, Johnny, it's very rare for me to actually have a view. Normally I sit on the fence about everything. Um, but maybe I just want more money in my pocket. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but, maybe that's the root of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the argument is that it's Lincoln is a cheaper place to live, and therefore yeah. that's why wages are lower. But maybe they're too much lower, you know. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, just a few extra quid. Mm. Anyway, that's by the by. That's that's for me and my line manager to this, of course. Mm -hmm. uh, the Lindengate project, Johnny, um, I, I, every now and then we see photos on the Lincolnite website, Lincolnshire Echo, saying this is what the future is going to look like. Um, but is it? Is it, do you reckon it's ever going to happen? I don't know. I'd like to think so. I, mean, I think Lincoln Co-op are, are behind it. Um, although, you know, things aren't going so well for the co-op generally at the moment. But Lincoln Co-op, I think, is a very <laughs> separate organisation. Um, but... 
Yeah, I'd, I'd love to see it happen. I've, I've looked at the plans and it, it looks very good. Uh, certainly the new bus station, I mean, the, the current one is pretty appalling, isn't it? It's a pretty, you know, bad um, first impression to give if people arrive by bus here. It is, but what do you expect from a bus station? I, I think this has been, there was certainly something on uh, one of the Lincoln Facebook uh, pages about this recently. And mm. I, I, again, I thought about the argument I might make here and then uh, <laughs> stepped <laughs> away on, from then. it. Stepped away from it because I was going to make myself look a fool. Mm. Might as well do it on the radio. So... What do you expect a bus station to look like? Because that you just need people to get on and off a bus. Yeah, well, there is an argument. In some in some cities, it, the bus station is basically just a street uh, that's like a bus-only street and buses just stop on it. That, that is one way of doing it. But then you look at places like um, a little while ago I went to Chorley. Uh, a friend of mine lives there. And their bus station there, it's like a, an airport departure, basically. Uh, you go into this nice lounge with big glass windows at the front and there's automatic doors and the buses pull up. And the doors open at the same time as the bus doors, and you walk through. You're not in a drafty, you know, windswept station. It's all nice and civilized and warm, and you know, it, you feel a little bit more valued, I think, in a place like that than you do in a windswept, you know, station underneath a car park. Okay, I take your point. And also, actually, as you were as you were talking there, I was I wasn't I was listening to you, mm. but I was also thinking what I was going to say next. And I okay. think that's <laughs> what we all do. So. It, 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 <laughs> it, it perhaps didn't look as though I was there. Now, I think that, that from what you're saying there, if you look back to our Skellingthorpe grid mm. uh, and go back to the podcast, it's always uh, always available. When we were talking about the access uh, on buses, if you make the experience of travelling on a bus, and that includes the bus station and the bus stops and the times and the regularity, uh, then more people are going to use it, aren't they? You know, they, 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 someone's going to make that step, and I, I'm trying to sound like you. Yeah, I've yeah. Been well, it's around bound to happen often. because you know I'm just right. But um, <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. People need to feel valued, and it needs to feel like a high status form of transport. And at the moment, it doesn't. Mm. I mean, that last bit of audio as well, Johnny. We we were both sounding rather smug, I think, as usual, um, mm. uh, about the uh, the train gates. Now, two days after we recorded that. I got stuck behind the train gates. I, did, I, I didn't feel as clever then. I've got to. I've got to tell you, and they were actually stuck down, which happens quite a lot, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, in terms of pedestrians, they're they're taking um, action about that now. Finally, um, Network Rail are going to build a bridge over the High Street and another bridge over uh, Brayford Wharf East. So for pedestrians, that will finally be finished. And as I said in the piece, for drivers. They solved that problem back in 1958. Why? And, and we've got two bridges now. We've got Pelham Bridge on that side. About a couple of hundred metres to the other side, you've got the University Bridge, Brayford Way. Mm-hmm. And yet people still drive straight up the high street. And I, I genuinely, this, I'm not just being, you know, narky here. I genuinely would love to know, why do people do that? Because if you drive straight up the high street, then you hit the pedestrian bit. So you've got to turn either left or right after you get past that um, railway crossing mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and if right. you turn one way you're going to end up you go down New London you end up at the University Bridge you turn the other way you go down St Mary Street you end up at Pelham Bridge so just use those bridges in the first place mm-hmm. I do it and I've I no don't I, get it I do it and I've no idea why <laughs> Lincoln A to Z on Siren FM find us on Twitter at Lincoln A to Z okay now adding some sense to our meanderings is Joe Hughes from the Lincolnshire Archive with the history of our DB5 grid On the early 19th century maps of the city, the eastern route through Lincoln, which we know today as comprising of Linden Hill, Broadgate, Pelham Bridge and Cannock Road, didn't exist in its entirety. Where the large Siemens building now stands, the old maps show fields with tiny drawings of trees and just the odd building here and there. As you come forward through the 19th century, the Great Northern, Great Eastern and Midland lines began to appear with all their attendant sidings and goods sheds. You can see the cross made by the current intersection of railways, but this area is even more of a hub of rail and river a hundred years ago. Because of this and the space provided being on the eastern outskirts of the city, the area is increasingly developed by the great engineering names associated with Lincoln, 
Ruston's, Procter & Co, Clayton Shuttleworth's, Stampend Ironworks and Sheaf Ironworks. This hub of railways brought iron, steel and wood into these foundries, out of which came an amazing assortment of machinery and engines. Originally, the machines were agricultural, especially traction engines, which were used as portable power to move loads, plough fields or to drive various forms of farming equipment. But the different companies started to diversify and get into their own particular engineering stride. Clayton's, for example, was known for building rolling stock, whilst Ruston's became the lead firm in the country for building excavating machinery. Ruston's also built tank engines for the GWR, and one of their tank locomotives was exhibited at the Paris Exhibition of 1867. Come forward to the first half of the 20th century, and Lincoln's engineering might really moved on to the next level, with the production of military equipment and vehicles like the tank, which played such a vital part in Britain's victory during the First World War. You can still get a sense of the scale of the foundries, forges and workshops stretching out to the east along the railways, enormous hangars of buildings, as many remain today. The noise resonating from the eastern side of the city must have dominated the area. For anyone interested in studying Lincoln's industrial heritage, the Lincolnshire Archives has a wide range of documentation from these works. When you look through some of the diagrams and drawings, some of which still have a whiff of engine oil about them, you realise, like the remaining buildings, how they're testament to all the great engineers and workers whose skill helped shape the prosperity of Lincoln. Today, Siemens maintains the legacy of the city's engineering heritage. Such a hub of industry created all the terraces needed to house the workers around the area of this grid square. But as always, the demands of motorised transport in the second half of the 20th century has meant that an eastern road through the city had to be constructed and many of these terraces were demolished. The archives hold city engineering plans which came up with suggestions for carrying traffic over the busy railway lines without impeding the city traffic flow, sound familiar? As well as bridging the Sinsel Dyke drain which bisects this grid square. The solution, as we all know, was the construction of Pelham Bridge, opened by the Queen in 1958. And whilst not being the prettiest bridge in the world, it does provide the motorist coming into the city from the southeast with an impressive view of the cathedral and, for enthusiasts of Lincoln's industrial heritage, a view of one of the city's engineering heartlands. The brilliant professional and diplomatic uh, writings there of Joe Hughes uh, from the Lincolnshire Archives, and thanks, as always, to Joe for her time in putting that together. Lincoln A to Z, DB5. Time now for the second part of our grid visit to DB5. Big D, little B5. It's the uh, city centre grid, so uh, it's a bit smaller than some of the others. It's the, in the bottom right-hand corner uh, of our big map. Now, for your entertainment, I'm going to attempt to describe some graffiti while ensuring Siren FM keeps its Ofcom licence. So we're taking a walk now just, just underneath the bridge itself. Uh, the air and the, the, there's, there's a pungent aroma around here. Uh, I, I'll leave it to your imagination as to what it is. You know exactly what it is. I don't need to describe uh, the smell of an underneath a city bridge. Uh, but what does uh, stand out to me now is now we're underneath the bridge. It's, it's obviously had a, a coat of paint under here. Uh, but someone has still managed to uh, to put some graffiti uh, on the wall. And um, the, the word on the wall is is as foul as the smell here. We, we, we couldn't get anywhere near that word, believe me. Um, it's, it's, it's not an area I really want to hang around a long time, to be honest with you. I think now we're under the bridge, we see the real problem with these kind of flyovers is what do you put underneath them? 
because this is this is valuable land here. This is usable land, right, right slap bang in the city centre. And I mean, the ground here is just like kind of muck. I, I wouldn't be surprised if this is how it's been since the day the bridge was built. Nothing's ever been put here. Um, because what would you put here? Who wants to be underneath the flyover? Um, I mean, we certainly don't right now. And this is really the downside. You end up with this big area right in the city centre that's kind of unusable land. Although right now there is, uh, there's a lot of talk at the moment about a skate park for Lincoln. And they're trying to put it um, in a, an area of what some people say is kind of natural beauty um, out near Longley's Road. And a lot of people aren't happy with that. Now, I, I don't go in for that nimbyism. I'd be quite happy for it to be there. But I have to say, I think an area like this might be the place for a skate park because it's doing nothing else, it's useless. Skaters actually kind of like this sort of urban, scuzzy, you know, graffiti, concrete aesthetic. They're happy with this sort of thing. It's protecting from the elements, you know, no rain here. And it's just a big bit of land, slap bang in the city centre near the bus station that they could all get to, where, you know, what else are you going to do with it? I think this is the place for a skate park. Okay, but have you seen uh, the, uh, the the more modern day skate parks, Johnny? The that's the size of those ramps. Uh, you're not going to be able to do your rad turns uh, no. on a. I, I, you're going to hit the ceiling when you're you're flying uh, out in the air and you're you're pulling your 360s. Uh, I remember this from uh, from my ZX Spectrum game uh, that was totally rad. <laughs> uh, but no, I. I I agree with you. It's got a great urban look. It looks like it would be uh, the, the the place a band might play uh, on a on, on a Channel Four uh, Sunday morning uh, pop program. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's a shame we've n we've never quite come up. I know further on the other side of the bridge, just outside of our grid, uh, they tried putting a park there for children, like a play park with roundabouts and swings and stuff. Died to death. Nobody ever wanted to go there, and you can kind of see why. It's not a pleasant place to spend your time, is it? So this is the problem that these flyovers cause. Nobody wants to be underneath them. Uh, no, this is true, but what I'm going to do, I've just decided, uh, spur of the moment thing, I'm going to buy this land. Uh, I'm going to put in uh, some garages, uh, like the arches, off EastEnders, and uh, I can stand outside saying, yeah, I've got a, got a bit of business down the arches. So we've just been, just been watching the, the cargo train go underneath us. We're on top of the train track now. Uh, and the view all around now, the, as, we, as we get to the top of, of Pelham Bridge, is really, really something. Um, but as that, as that train went underneath there, it had an open top. Now, that's something I, I didn't really know any, uh, that they have an open top. Uh, and that was like coal or coke, uh, which is going to or from a power station, maybe. And I just had the urge, Johnny. I really, really had the urge. Not... Not to jump in front of a train, don't get me wrong, this is, this is not that kind of programme, but to jump into one of those containers and see where I end up. It didn't seem very far down. Uh, it seemed like it would be a soft landing, although it would be the same as landing on, on sort of rocks. Um, and it, it, it would hurt a lot and I would be, I would be very dirty. Uh, and I would probably only ever end up uh, somewhere like that power station, cotton power station, somewhere like that, somewhere really awful. Um, but there, there was an urge, I can't, I, I can't deny it. <laughs> I think you should resist that urge. Um, but that, that, of course, was one of those those massive great trains that you get. You know, you're still on the high street and the, the gates start beeping and you think, oh, I can't make that. So you, the gates go down and then one of those comes along and you, your heart sinks. Oh, God. Because you know you're going to be there a very long time. But what I always say is that just think how many lorries that's replacing. That train is probably replacing like 30 or 40 lorries on the road and think how much worse traffic would be if that was on the road instead of on the railway. So... You know, I, I put up with it. Uh, yeah, me too. Now, 
Go back to the view. And the view as we stand now, right pretty much in the centre of, uh, of Pelham Bridge. Um, it, it tells the story. It tells the story of Lincoln, actually. Uh, it tells the story of the, uh, of the, of the train tracks, um, of the terraced housing uh, through there off Portland Street of the South Common, uh, which is uh, always a beautiful sight. No matter where you are in the city, you can generally see it. Looking over to uh, Canic and the money. Oh, you can almost smell the money in Canic. They're burning £50 notes uh, to light their fires, even when they're not warm over in Canic. Um, and then down to the Titanic Works, uh, where that used to be uh, the, the, the hub of industry, but isn't anymore. Right next to us here is Siemens. They are the hub of industry, and thank heavens for those. And as I turn around now, that, that cathedral, that cathedral still always shining down upon us. Um, it's it's, a, it's a, a beacon. It tells you when you're coming home. Sometimes you want to leave it behind, but you're always pleased to see it. Um, and it's, it's, it's a wonderful sight hanging over the city. And it really looks, I've always thought this, when you come uh, down here and onto Broadgate, it really looks like it's, it's hanging over you. It's dominating you. Uh, and then there's the co-op car park, which is uh, it's just awful. And then I suppose as you turn around now, a different skyline, um, just as your head... Uh, west of the city which is the university and the university accommodation and the flats uh, that, that come with it and it's, it's all here to be seen on Pelham Bridge but you would never unless you were doing this kind of thing uh, which is basically just Johnny and I avoiding soap operas uh, you would never stop and think about that uh, and I think that's a shame Well, now, I mean, considering I said there we're uh, we're avoiding soap operas, I still had to squeeze my Phil Mitchell impression in there somewhere, didn't I? A bit of business down here, Hodge, isn't it? You can't resist that, can no, you? No, no, never can, never can. I try and leave it in, well, at least once a week somewhere, <laughs> most of the time, like today, it's not relevant. <laughs> However, um, yeah, that is, is, I think we, we made the most out of not much there, Johnny, with the story of Lincoln and the view of it, but it's true, it is absolutely true, and I stand by this, with exactly what Lincoln A to Z is, is about is, is is stopping and taking note of the look around you absolutely yeah and i think if you are on pelham bridge the very best thing you can do is look elsewhere because you know the bridge itself ain't that nice is it yeah i, I think i also it's not it's not and uh, i mean going to that we did have a, a comment uh coming via the it's about lincoln page um someone saying that they remember the roundabout with the willow tree in the middle now um it, i've seen pictures of this johnny have you seen pictures of, I, of, I think of I what was, what the, what was yeah. there before Pelham Bridge. I mean, and and I think the picture I saw was um, it was an artist's impression, so it looked wonderful anyway. It was it was it was a, a painting, and it looked fabulous anyway because it was a painting. Um, however, whatever was there before, it looked you know stunningly you know, beautiful compared to Pelham Bridge. You know, um, I, I I think I might put in that jet wash contract though. I might put in uh, I might put in for that and see if we can't spruce it up a bit. Yeah, yeah, it, it certainly needs sprucing up, but it's it's kind of a, a a relic of that weird period in the fifties and sixties when town planners were just given carte blanche to do anything, you know, they were knocking down entire areas of cities, cutting dual carriageways through residential areas. Um, it was a really weird time. A lot of cities came off a lot worse than Lincoln did. I think Lincoln, we really only got Pelham Bridge and uh, I guess Wigford Way as well. A lot of stuff was knocked down to make way for that. Um, but some cities were, were absolutely decimated by beautiful areas. Um, I mean, Norwich is a place I'm quite familiar with, and there's a place there called Elm Hill, and it's it's quite reminiscent of Steep Hill. Lovely little, you know, some medieval buildings and nice little cobble streets. Half of that got knocked down in the 60s to make <laughs> way for, like, a road-widening scheme, and it was only because local people, you know, protested against it that they managed to keep it. But can you imagine if someone knocked down half of Steep Hill in Lincoln to make oh, a wider road? Well, it could have happened. It was weird times. 
Okay. Uh, the only people who won at that point were the people who made the concrete, I think, weren't they? I think so, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, later on in the programme, we'll be turning that ugly venue into something very, very beautiful indeed, just after the 10 o'clock news, uh, with a recording we made of the singer-songwriter Michael Reeve. Uh, please stay tuned for that because it's very, very good indeed. Lincoln A to Z. A question of Lincoln. Gorgeous, chiming sounds of the bells of Lincoln Cathedral I mean that it's now time for a question of Lincoln. And just in the background there, you can hear the Siren FM choir, all the choir. The entire Siren FM team has turned up to practice tonight to celebrate their new Radio Academy Nations and Regions Award. I'll say again, Johnny, they stated that the schedule was eclectic and the station sounded good fresh. I don't think they could be. They, they couldn't be a true word never spoken. Now it's time for a question of Lincoln. Um, a, a part of the show where Johnny and I challenge each other uh, by asking uh, questions that, well, we should know really living in Lincoln. Um, and uh, Johnny, are you going to go first this week? Yeah, I'll go first this time. Nice uh, easy one for you. And uh, one that's very much germane to the issue this evening. What? Uh, this means it's relevant. Oh, we're a bit of the grid. Yes, it's actually about the grid for once. It's actually Mine, about the grid. Okay. No, 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 no. Mine's... Oh, God. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah, mine's relevant to the grid, too. Oh. Now, I've been doing this recently. I've been doing relevant have, to the yeah, grid yeah. ones. Well, that's, that's what inspired me to do it. Right, so. Yeah, that's it. I'm an inspiration. You're a copycat. Right. Well, Carry on. Let's hope we've not got the same question, then, because this could be difficult. Mm-hmm. Right. It's very simple. Mm-hmm. We're talking about Pelham Bridge tonight. Yes. How much... Did Pelham Bridge cost to build? <laughs> no, no, I haven't. It's not the same. Oh, okay. No, 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 and that is a brilliant question. Well done. Right, okay. Here's your options. Is it A, £650,000, <laughs> B, £900,000, uh-huh. or C, £1.1 million? Pounds? Okay. Ten seconds, starting now. Uh, right, okay. Where's in 1958? And uh, money back then was, uh, was worth... Uh, less, but not that much less. I'm going to go for 650,000. 650,000, you're saying? You're absolutely right. Yeah. Woohoo! I thought I'd get you on that. I thought you'd think that was too low. But yeah, uh, well, yeah, I'm cleverer than I look. Well, yeah, you say, you say so. <laughs> yeah, my, my word's <laughs> not yours, right. Okay, time for my question of Lincoln to Johnny Lee Horn. Nominee. Okay. Nominee, Johnny. For the Radio Academy yeah. Radio Production Award. How exciting. I know. You still haven't <laughs> written a speech. I can't believe it. Okay. <laughs> this week's grid includes, as we know, Pelham Bridge. Mm. Now, if you type Pelham Bridge into Google, you don't get a gaudy concrete structure in the centre of Lincoln. You get a bridge in New York. Oh, okay. Oh, no. Fancy oh, name. Now, which borough of New York is their Pelham Bridge in? <laughs> right. Hmm. Coming from Lincoln, you should know this. Obviously, yeah. Everyone I knew how mu- I knew how much the building, the the, the, the bridge would cost to build. <laughs> you should know this. Okay. okay, is it in A the Bronx, B Staten Island, or C Queens? Okay. Um, I I'm thinking Staten Island. I'm going to say. You see, I put that in there on purpose because you would think it was an island. You would think a bridge would go to it. Yes. But they're all islands, I think, maybe. I've never been. But, uh, <laughs> no, it's the Bronx. Is it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, so... Uh, I was going to say the Bronx. Well, yeah, well, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Of course you were going to say Can the Bronx. Can we go back answer. and I'll do it again? 
Uh, well, actually, you edit the podcast, so... Yeah, I can change. Um, I can let's, uh, let's go for it. Let's, take, let's do a take now where I say, uh, Johnny, give me the answer, and you say... The Bronx. Oh, you're right, yes. Thanks, I'll, I'll snip that in. Okay. Nobody will ever know. Lincoln A to Z, DB5. Um, Lincoln A to Z has always been a little bit more than just a radio program. Yeah, it's a podcast as well, but it's also more than that. What we're trying to do, and certainly over this next year, um, is integrate our program uh, as an art project, and at the end... Of, uh, of 2014, in December 2014, uh, we've got ourselves a collection space in the collection. So we'll be uh, we'll be putting as we've gone around all the, the grids, we've collected objects, and uh, we'll be putting our wares on show in the collection, uh, our very own exhibition. Uh, but also we'll be commissioning uh, some pieces of art as well. And I think the launch pad really for this has now occurred. Um, it's something we've been we've been wishing on about well really for the last year. However, now it really feels like we're doing something. Um, a few weeks back now, uh, we met with local singer-songwriter underneath Pallon Bridge on a very, very cold Sunday morning uh, to film and record this song. And this is, this is where we're bringing something very, very beautiful to somewhere less so. Why hold 
traffic noise there signaling uh, Johnny that we recorded that underneath Pelham Bridge on a very very cold Sunday morning that was uh, Michael Reeve and uh, what's the uh, the title of that track that's called Lost Not Alone I think it's from a, a new EP he's got out uh, yeah that's right and I think it's been released today here we go I'm just uh, scrabbling around for the paper here michaelreevemusic.com uh, uh, there's free downloads available he's all over your iTunes uh, Facebook uh, but what we're going to steer you to of course is our Lincoln A to Z website lincolnatoz.co.uk um, and on our on our homepage there Johnny um, there's a film isn't there because we didn't just record that we didn't just go down there with microphones uh, you your video camera as well didn't you i did yeah and oh, it really was cold wasn't it I'm, I'm amazed michael's fingers worked on his on his frets there it was it was freezing um but yeah i, I put together a little video it's my first ever attempt at doing a music video i'm, I'm quietly pleased with it you know are oh, you a modest right. you're a modest man johnny so let me say i mm. you know you send me these things and uh, we're friends aren't we Yes. Aren't yeah. we? Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so there's always a thing coming back where you think, well, of course he's going to say that. However, I'm, I'm immensely proud of it. I mean, the way we work and the way Lincoln A to Z works is I come up with ideas and you make them happen. Mm. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. That's the producing role, isn't it? You know, I mean, you, you, to be fair, these days you do a lot of presenting as well. You do most things but um i had this idea where we should just go and do something underneath pelham bridge we got in uh, in talks and, uh, and michael jumped at the chance uh, of doing it and his professionalism on the day was just outstanding wasn't it because what we had what we had to do we had to uh, go down there and we recorded it and we recorded it pretty much in one take i think we recorded you know audio wise we recorded it uh, another take just to make sure we had everything we needed uh, and then for the video well we need to do several other shots but I, his, his timing and his intonation and everything about it on each of those shots no matter how cold it was no matter how early on a sunday morning it was was just absolutely spot on each and every time uh, he's an enormous talent uh, he's touring uh, in, in and around the place but uh, yeah get yourself down to michaelreevemusic.com and uh, visit our homepage. look at the video um and, and just see how well the boy's coping. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, I mean, you, you've got to love that, haven't you, Johnny? It was great. And I have to say, I mean, this whole thing of bringing something beautiful to somewhere ugly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been under that bridge many, many times, always thought it was ugly. The other day, for the first time since we did this film, I went under there on the bus um, and I went past that very spot where we did this. And now when I go past that, I think of that. I don't think of the ugly you know graffiti ridden, wee smelling bridge anymore. Mm-hmm. I think of that morning recording that beautiful song. Um, and so it's, it's changed my perception of the area a bit. Well, me too. I mean, I think that, you know, this, for the listener, this may be painful to hear, but it mm. is, it, this, this journey 
<laughs> You're not on the X Factor. This journey is, is affecting us both, isn't it? Because as we go around Lincoln now, as we go down to Bracebridge, as we cycle up Tritton Road, uh, as we go around the city centre, as I go out to Burton Village and now go on walks out there because I like it so much, it's, it's making us mostly appreciate our surroundings a whole lot more, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, there's places I still hate, but maybe this, <laughs> this is the key, though. Maybe rather than just moaning about a place, if you think somewhere's ugly, if you think somewhere's desolate and not a nice place to be, do something positive in it, do something beautiful in it, and it could just change your perception. You're exactly right, Johnny, and we're going to be doing a whole lot more of that over the next year. Lincoln A to Z. Now it's time uh, to hear Treff. Treff and his view on our Pelham Bridge grid. DB5, Pelham Bridge. You can bet your booties that Pelham Bridge made a massive difference to traffic flow in downtown Lincoln. It's bad enough these days with the railway crossings that we have, but without Pelham Bridge, there'd be even more. Pelham Bridge was opened by the Queen in June 1958. It was chucking it down, typical British summer weather. In those days, it would have been horse and cart, or maybe the Model T Ford. Had cars even been invented? I don't know. Anyway... Pelham Bridge was built to provide a useful viewing point for train spotters wanting to watch the steam trains at Lincoln Central Station. Train spotting was a perfectly acceptable hobby in those days and was something to be encouraged. Nowadays, trains all look the same and have no romance. Anyone interested in train spotting needs their head examining, probably other parts of the body too. In 1958, Pelham Bridge was the first of a series of planned constructions designed to alleviate the traffic in Lincoln. The others are still waiting to happen, though we do now have the bridge at the far end of the Brayford, which is very handy. It was built for people to have a good viewing point for looking down at the boats and to make it easier to get to the hub pub on the other side of the water. There isn't much attractive about Pelham Bridge. It's a bit of a concrete jobby and can get very windswept when you walk over it, which doesn't happen very often. I've seen people do it, though, on their way home from Sinsel Bank, maybe. I'd be inclined to cross using the pedestrian bridge nearer the railway station. It's more direct. I wonder how many bridges the Queen has opened since then. Loads. She specialises in that kind of stuff. Means she can reuse her speech. Just changes the word bridge to school, hospital or other civil engineering project. Sometimes she delegates smaller openings to fill the Greek but when she did Pelham, she was still fresh on the throne and was doing most of them herself. I wonder if she remembers doing Pelham Bridge. It was a long time ago now. It was opened in 1958 and it was raining. Oh, thanks. Uh, as always, to, uh, to Treff, local poet Treff, who uh, has his own website here, philosopherontap.com. And you can connect with uh, Treff on Twitter. Uh, maybe especially if you're a train spotter, you'd like to tell him... Uh, what you really think about him there. Uh, you can connect with him at Treff. Lincoln A to Z on Siren FM. Johnny, as we bring DB5 to an end in a dignified manner, uh, could you tell me where we're going to go next week, please? Yep, next week is AB3, which is uh, Newland, and it also includes the uh, Brayford Wharf North waterfront, the hotels and restaurants therein. Um, and also a little bit of the uh, Brayford Way Bridge. Yeah, for sure. So um, what we think about this one is very significant to us regarding the Olympic torch. If you know anyone who uh, hoiked an Olympic torch through Lincoln, uh, please do get in contact, Lincoln A to Z at sirenonline.co.uk. Uh, now the curtain's falling, Johnny. It's ending. The time is over. Now there is a, a few things we didn't have time to squeeze in. Um, Mike Reeves. My, Michael Reeve, who uh, who underneath uh, Pelham Bridge did that, 
beautiful performance for us, gave us uh, a plectrum, one of his very own plectrums. Now, I just imagine that very soon a gig he's going to be there and he's just about to uh, lean in to do a solo, pick his plectrum out of his pocket, <laughs> and it's not going to be there. However, it will be at our exhibition in December 2014. So thanks very much for that. Um, we also didn't have time for my harmonica solo. <laughs> Uh, we didn't have time for that, so that's that, that's you know, cry, the listeners. I know, <laughs> euphoric. We also didn't have time for my dad's text uh, about being on TV while fixing a water main in our Pelham Bridge thing. Now that's quite. I mean, that makes me a bad son anyway, doesn't it? But also the fact that I, I, I'm pretty sure I've been told that, but I'd forgotten about it. That also makes me a bad son. Uh, but being on TV still, sorry, still even in this day and age, still something pretty special, isn't it? It is. Yeah. 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 Well, on, on TV fixing a water main. I, what, what kind of program was this? Well, it was probably the 1980s, so, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll leave it there. And, of course, thanks to Joe Hughes from Linkshire Archive for her contribution, Treff and the Michael Reeve. Um, now, Johnny and I are off to London. We'll see you next week.